everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. I'm continuing the series today called Hope in the Spirit, which is all about the foundation that our faith is built on. The message that the Lord gave me for today is called No Condemnation. Now, When I think of the perfect union that God created in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, I am so excited that we are still able to experience Him, even though sin has been here from that time on. How is it that we can still experience these wonderful blessings of God and connection with Him? I was meditating on this the other day, and my heart was turned to Romans. Romans 7, to me, seems like the example of how Adam and Eve responded to temptation in the garden. They did not accidentally make a mistake and sin. This was something that they had meditated on, and they allowed their hearts to be turned away from God. I, I just talked about this in the message that I, I called Original Sin. It sounds exactly like the way the Apostle Paul describes his own experience in these verses. Now let's read uh, Romans 7, and I want to read uh, starting in verse 15 and go down close to the end. So Romans 7, 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. How many of you have found yourself in that situation? Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law, that evil is present with me, with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now that would be a very depressing place to end if that's really where it ended. In fact, I I really hope that none of you have allowed yourself to think this way and just stop as if we have no hope, because we do. If any of you have read this before, you know that the answer is in the very next chapter. But I want to read something else before we go on to Romans 8. I want you to see how Jesus is described as the perfect answer when we find ourselves being imperfect. Paul uses the example of a husband and wife to describe how Jesus relates to us. So I want you to look at Ephesians 5, and I'm going to start in verse 25 and just read a few verses there. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. Wow. Jesus is not just cleansing us with no other purpose in mind. You know, he's, he's preparing us for himself. He wants to present us to himself. He wants us to be perfect and without blemish, but he knows we can never get there on our own. This is all about a relationship as intimate and close as a marriage relationship. 
In fact, if we're honest about it, I would say that no one has ever experienced the closeness in their marriage that Jesus wants to have with each one of us. Why did God do everything he did throughout all of time? It was for this very same reason in every connection that we can read about where God approached man. It was to try to somehow form a relationship of unity and oneness instead of just creator and created. Remember the covenant that God made with Abraham. God has been blessing the descendants of Abraham for thousands of years because of the simple fact that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. In James 2.23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. I love that last part where James adds that phrase, and he was called the friend of God. He says that Abraham was called that. Now, who gave Abraham that title? I do believe that in all of heaven, Abraham was referred to as the friend of God. Because, and he probably still is referred to that way, because God said, this is my friend. Now, since we've established the heart behind it, we can see the purpose for Jesus making us righteous before God. It was not only to keep us from going to hell, although that is the case, but Jesus went to the cross for so much more than just to save us from our sins and simply give us a good life. He has been and will continue to work tirelessly to be able to present us to himself as a perfect bride without spot and without wrinkle. Now, I need to remind you that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So these verses are not trying to say that God's only interested in people who are perfect outward examples of physical human bodies. When it says without spot or wrinkle, I get the idea that it's talking about how you would describe a a perfect white sheet, or a pressed garment. What is it then that becomes perfect? What is it that becomes without spot or wrinkle when we become born again? Does your body just automatically lose all forms of imperfection? Do you just automatically get perfectly healed with all signs of aging and scars disappearing? The answer to these questions is no, you don't. These things do not happen automatically. But they do, however begin to take place in our physical bodies as we renew our minds to the Word of God. Healing begins to progressively happen more and more frequently. I've actually seen scars and warts disappear from people's physical bodies just by aligning their minds to the Word of God and by believing it and speaking it out. Jesus and the early church demonstrated how we are to be progressively made more and more into the physical examples of what Jesus died on the cross to accomplish. But we are not to be discouraged if that doesn't happen, or if it takes longer than we thought it would happen. Now let's go back and look at the verses which describe our answer to sin, and the problems that continue to exist in our physical bodies. Remember, the Apostle Paul is the one talking in Romans 7. I had thought previously that he was only talking about the acts of sin, or things you commit, and maybe that is indeed the case, but I also think that we can apply his same comments to the situations we find ourselves in where healing doesn't manifest, for example, or the the answer we're looking for doesn't manifest in front of us. Um, Of course, sickness and disease is not sin in any way, but it is in fact a result of the original sin of Adam and Eve. Every bit of degradation or negative results can be pointed directly back to the fact that sin 
was introduced to the world by the first man and woman. See, sin, the wages of sin, is death. And if you look at sickness, sickness is death in the making. If you leave any sickness unchecked, it, was, it is trying to take the host all the way to death. Now, we have immune systems which fight against it. We have treatments which fight against the sickness and, and reverse it and bring it around to life. But if you look at the wages of sin is death, every form of death, whether it's instant or progressive, becomes part of the wages of sin. That's why sickness was all taken care of on the cross. So if sickness and poverty are a result of sin being present on the earth, and I include poverty in this because it was not present in the garden. We need to look at the Garden of Eden as, as God's best. That's what his will is for us. He didn't plan sickness or poverty to be part of our experience on the earth. But when sin entered, all of that degradation began to happen. So then Paul's comments in Romans 7 are very appropriate to apply to most of the situations that we face. Now I'd like to go back and and look at the last part of Romans 7 and then go straight to Romans 8 and see the problem and the answer all spelled out together. So let's look, uh, Romans 7, right at the end where he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did, By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now that's good news if there ever was some. That is the answer that we need. That's what gives us hope. And I could have read a little bit farther. I just want to skip down and just want to quote a verse, Romans 8, 11. It's one of my favorite verses because it's really what happens in our body. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So he's basically saying, Jesus, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. That life then manifests in your body, bringing about the restoration of all things that were destroyed when sin entered the world. So you, you see how Jesus went to the cross so, so that he could have the legal right to place his Spirit in us. And then in so doing, he's able to give life and healing to our mortal bodies. He's also able to correct and restore all that Adam lost when sin entered into the world. The most wonderful part about all of this, however, is that he knows how we function. He never condemns us if we find ourselves being in a situation that feels like Romans 7. He is continually pulling for us to come out of it. And he's, he's only there to help and he's never there to condemn. So remember, he's wanting to present us to himself himself. 
as a glorious bride so we can have deep and intimate relationship with him, both now and for all of eternity. In the process of being perfected by him, we become partakers of his goodness, and we find ourselves living in more and more healing and prosperity than we ever thought possible before. Now, I want to challenge each one of you to go to him. Acknowledge the work that he's doing in you personally. Don't look around you at the other people to find your approval. Look in the word to find your approval. Remember, he has made you perfect in the spirit already because of the fullness of his spirit already in you. Receive that approval today. Allow the light of his smile to bring life to your physical body, to restore your relationships, to abundantly provide for your needs, to make you righteous when there's nothing you can do to be righteous in yourself. And then give yourself time for these things to manifest in your body, in your relationships, in your finances, and your actions as you become more and more like the perfect picture that he has for you. Now, I want to leave you with the, the verse that the Lord's given to me for Wingard Ministries, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Mm-hmm.